It's the Finding Joy podcast. We are shining a spotlight on the joy that exists in the lives of people all around us. I'm Jerry, along with Benji and Rob, and today we don't go very far. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> we return for a segment that we love called What's on Your Wall, and we're going to look into Jerry's office and see what's on his wall. <laughs> yes. Wh- which means there will probably be some bonus material, photographs, and or video. Oh, yes. To go along with this episode. Right. Multiple camera angles going. Oh, so. yeah. It's yes. a multi-camera shoot. <laughs> a big-time production. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and then we also sit down, well, sort of sit down, another Zoom conversation with uh, a guy who has a job that... I've always dreamed of having, <laughs> and he's certainly got the voice for it. If you go to many Atlanta Braves baseball games, you will hear his voice on the PA system. It is Casey Motter, mm-hmm. and uh, he's got a great story to tell and um, what he's doing, not just with the Braves, but he's got this great little thing called Ballpark DJ. I wouldn't call it a little thing because it's kind of blowing up. Yeah, Yeah. it it is, where he voices the teams for Little League. Yeah. So you can have your own PA announcer for your own Little League team. It's a fascinating Mm -hmm. (laughs) app. And and it's the guy who does the Braves. Yeah. And he's got a couple of other announcers from other stadiums in there, too, as well. We're going to find out more about that. But first, I say we find out what's on your wall. Let's go with Beta's office. In Jerry's office. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It's what's on your wall. What is this? The the third, third edition. I it's the third, third edition. That's right. Now I want to talk about what is not in this office before we talk about what is in your office, okay. Jerry. Okay. And that is at the back of oh. your computer. <laughs> there used to be a sticker that said "Meat Maniac," and it's no longer there. What's right. going on what with happened? that, well, man? Well, because you gave me permission to take it off. It was. And c- I'm sure that I have a photograph of it that we can put okay. in a bonus material. But it was up there for weeks before I even noticed it. <laughs> I think JR sent me a gift of all of these like weird meat-based things, and it came yes. with a sticker really? that said Meat Maniac, and I just had it hanging out in my office forever. And I thought, I'm just going to stick it behind Jerry's monitor and see how long it takes him yeah. to figure out it's there. And it took me quite a while. I think it took a couple of weeks. Yeah. And then you finally easily, looked, and he's like, Meat maniac. Yeah, where did that come from? <laughs> but uh, other than what is not in here, there's a lot of stuff that is in here. here. Yes, yeah. yeah. Not as much as was in Rob's office, I don't think. But still, there's a fair amount of stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. So let's uh, let's talk about, I guess, this in particular. The meaning behind <laughs> what are you talking this? about? The yes. stains on the wall? Yeah. There? Well, yeah. And if, <laughs> if can you look up into the ceiling? Yeah. yeah. That's... We're missing several ceiling tiles here. You're really getting behind the scenes of the Joy <laughs> FM. Right. And it's a rainy day today, and I think we're actually testing the fact that... They the supposedly s- fixed it. Yes, yes. The ceiling had a bad leak, and Jerry got the worst of it. It smelled really bad in oh, here, Oh, yes. Too. Yeah. It had yeah. nothing to do with Jerry. It was... <laughs> it was that's what I'm... That's my well, story, and I'm sticking to it. Right. Yes. It says, life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. And then there's a butterfly for some reason. I don't know what that has to do with rain or dancing. But that uh, actually has been in the offices here at the Joy FM since at least 2010. 
Huh. And it used to hang over Sheila Richards' desk. Mm. And she passed away in August, I believe, 11, or July I think, yeah, 11, I think of it was. 2011. Yeah. She had been diagnosed with ovarian cancer and had gone through several surgeries and, and a lot of chemotherapy, had beaten it, had been declared cancer-free. It came back, more treatment, cancer-free. It came back, and that last time she, she just couldn't beat it. Yeah. And, um, and for those who don't know... Uh, you co-hosted a morning show yes with sheila for many years on yeah the actually family. three yeah. different times I, I first started working with her in louisville kentucky uh and the very first time my introduction to sheila because she was from louisville but she had been working in country radio in shreveport louisiana and i was the program director of a radio station in louisville kentucky at the time and she came to louisville to do a morning show on a mainstream adult contemporary station and she called me shortly after she got there because she knew I worked at the Christian station, introduced herself. Hey, I'm Sheila Richards. The first three years I knew her, anybody she ever met, she always made sure that they knew that she won an award as the radio personality of the year <laughs> from the Country Music <laughs> Association for a small market in, in Shreveport, Louisiana. Um, I'm a Christian, and I just moved here, and I'm taking over at, uh, I, I can't remember what the station was, Light 106.9, I think is what they, they used. It was a soft AC. Uh, I hear that Carmen's coming to town. I was wondering if you could get me tickets. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sheila, it's a free concert, so yes, I guess I could. And, and that was how I got introduced to her. Well, I lost my job at that radio station, but a friend of mine was the program director over there. And so I called him and said, well, we need somebody to come and co-host the morning show with Sheila. So I started working with Sheila there. Oh, wow. And then okay. when I came to Atlanta, by then she'd moved back to Shreveport, called her, and we got her to come to the joy fm right and then i left for a while and she left for a while and then we both came back she came back first and then the guy she was hosting with left and i then for the third and final time co-hosted the morning show with sheila and how appropriate is it that it says life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass it's about learning to dance in the rain when there's like rain um stains yes. all <laughs> down the wall <laughs> that was quite it. appropriate that was very yes. appropriate <laughs> i love it very oh appropriate. well yeah yeah i never met sheila but everybody that i've met uh, that knew her just just beams when they yes. talk about she her was, so. she, and, and like anybody especially if you know you spend enough time with somebody especially that time of day five o'clock in the morning you gotta know them pretty well yeah She'd be the first to tell you she wasn't perfect. She, and she had her quirks, and she there was just a lot of Sheila about Sheila. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, making sure people knew that she'd won this award. <laughs> the year. And she never saw a need. If she saw something that she wanted, she'd ask for it. Mm -hmm. And as I got to know her, and as she m matured in her faith, because she was a fairly new Christian when I first met her, she continued to ask for stuff, but... It started being for other people. If she saw a mom in need, a single mom who was having a hard time, and we had a concert coming up, can I get some tickets for this show? Because I know this mom loves, because she was friend. I mean, listeners considered her to be personal friends if yes. they had one conversation with her. And she would remember their names. She would remember their situations. And so she was always looking for ways to help other people. She was very special. She, she would drive you nuts, man. She would drive you nuts. But she was very special. Very special. That's great. Can we talk about this big box of cassette oh, yeah, for, This is for, not yeah. exactly on your wall, but it's in your office. For, so. for people who don't know, this this was actually cutting-edge technology for audio <laughs> at one point. Oh, these man. are old cassettes. And I got these at my mom and dad's house 
uh, in Ohio, one of the times I was back there last, my dad passed away a couple of years ago. And he was a pastor for years and years and years. I think he started preaching in 1957, and he preached a few weeks before he died. Um, and he was 92, I think. Mm. Anyway, these are a bunch of cassettes of his old sermons that I am digitizing and will eventually one day, someday, hopefully start a podcast of his old sermons. Oh, wow. wow. Uh, and so I'm going wow. back and I'm listening what to them. What a treasure, man. They yeah. are. But I got to tell you, that who, the sound guys at this, this church that recorded it, they, they weren't top notch. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so so you got there's some a lot of noise. Yeah, I've got some, some work to do, but it, it's just nice to be able to pop, go back and pop one of those in and listen to. Because he was my pastor as well as my dad my whole life, just about, you know. And so to go back and and listen to some of those sermons. And these are from a time period when I wasn't living nearby. I was, I think, in New York for most of the time because a lot of these are from the 80s. Okay. Some of these I had never heard. That's what's in that box. And there's something about uh, hearing a recording of your dad. We've got one of my dad sitting at a piano not long before he passed, and he could sing and play piano and – and we've got it on a little mini cassette, but there's just <laughs> something about it, you know. Yeah. With, I mean, these days everything's on video, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. When all of us are gone and, and our kids are looking back at relics, they can just pull up Facebook and, yeah. and find yeah. videos of us there. You know, right. Which, you know, it could be, you know, kind yeah, of a scary mind. thing. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. but still, it was, uh, you know, not as common to have those things. No. But for your yeah. dad to have all those recordings, that's that's a treasure. Yeah. That is truly yeah, a is. treasure. Yeah, it is. That's yeah, awesome. It really is. And you got lots of treasure over here. I do have a lot of stuff over here. Yeah. Uh, Some of the stuff, I'm not even sure where it came from. I get a lot of books for some reason. Publishers, because we're in radio, and you guys probably get some too. Yes, we get. Want want you to review it or ask have the author come on and do an interview. Now, most of those books, I don't even, I just, oh, oh, it's a book. And I just throw it away. (laughs) Some of them I have kept, and some of them have been given to other people. These Christmas ornaments actually came, if you turn them around, it says Danny Gokey. Oh, <laughs> so they were right. a thing from Danny Gokey, Be Light and Hope. Uh, this coffee cup is from... Um, John Waller. John Waller yes. and his coffee company. This one, I think Shannon, somebody, another person that I co-hosted an afternoon show with mm-hmm. some years ago, brought this back from a mission strip or something, had gone somewhere. Well, that's cool. I don't know where the teddy bear with the uh, Santa suit came from. These were... My, my dad collected um, bookends. And those are thinker for some ends. reason, yeah, and thinker. so I, I grabbed these just to have another memory of my dad nearby. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Necco wafers. I remember oh, them yeah. very well. And that's I, the same company that put out those uh, sweetheart. Yes, yes, things. exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and I didn't ever realize this. It stands for New England Confectionery Company. Oh, is what oh, Necco stands either. for. Well, they went out of business. And Necco wafers were going to go away. Yeah, and, and the sweethearts went away for yes, a couple they of years. Yes, they did. And, and they're yeah. just yeah. now coming back into stores. But when that happened, I sent my wife Terry down to um, Cracker Barrel because okay. I knew they had them. Yeah. I said, Terry, yeah, go yeah. down there. And if they have any, buy them all. <laughs> so she bought like 32 rolls of Necco wafers <laughs> for me. Well, Alyssa heard me talking about it, and she sent this. And I haven't even opened it yet. It's, wow. it's still sealed. This this canister, a gift canister of Necco wafers and American classic. So it's like an classic. emergency Necco wafer. But they're yeah, coming back there. into stores. They had gone out of business. Somebody, <laughs> another company bought them because they had other com- other candies besides just Necco yeah. wafers in the hearts. So right. they're they're making a comeback now. So I may have to crack that open. Yeah, and with all the sugar in them, they'll probably last forever. Oh, sure. <laughs> just like Twinkies. I would think yeah. so. Yeah. yeah, and they're hermetically sealed. There, You're right. Too, so. And right on top is an Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. I remember the day the Wienermobile stopped by. That was great. 
great, missed wasn't it? that day. I you wasn't here that, that day? day. I was. I think it was on vacation. Oh, that I, could when be. That happened. Yeah, they I came. Didn't realize you missed yeah, it. Yeah, I missed it. Uh, and we got to go right for a ride. <laughs> we did. We that was, that was one of the coolest things. Riding around town, and everybody that we passed looked and like yeah. you know had this <laughs> wide gaze on their eyes. You know. Because, I mean, how could you not stare at the wiener? Right, mobile, I know. Right? Yeah. Well, and the other thing that was amazing is the people who were driving. These are two little, dainty, college-age girls yeah. uh-huh. who, they were who great for too. the summer, were just going around in the weenie mobile. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, it's funny. That was funny. Well, Jerry, we appreciate you inviting us oh, into your office. I do office. have one right. more thing I want oh, to say. Okay, okay yes. I'm just trying to get out of here. Oh, that's yeah. okay. oh, that's right. The, what about Mr. the fancy, fancy pants? pants sign? Yes, tell us about that. Oh, it is. I, light. Uh-huh. Man, I don't know why. It is fancy. My daughter got me this, I think, for Father's Day a couple of years back. I opened it up and I gave her a look and she said, I don't know why, Dad. I just I was walking through the store and I saw that and it just made me think of you for some reason. <laughs> I still don't know why, right. but it was from my daughter, so it's on my desk. There you go. And if I ever become a superhero, this will be my name. Right. Fancy pants. <laughs> we'll have to get him a cape with the FP there in, the you go. Yeah. in the back. I like that. <laughs> Well, those cats are out of the bag. I <laughs> There's more in there, though. We just didn't have time. Although my, my stuff, I don't have near as much as what you had in your office. Rob, no, no I've, got a, I've got a huge collection. Yours, yours is more like a museum. Yeah. It's, a, it's a shrine to New York. You it's know, a but. virtual cornucopia of trinkets in Rob's office. Was that on the very first episode of the podcast? That was. Uh, yeah, I think it was. was. Yeah. So you can go back yeah. and listen to that, and there's bonus material along with it. And that was, the one, that was the episode where we talked about Rob's incident with a plane crash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and or emergency landing, what emergency technically landing. wasn't a crash. Yeah, yeah. Right. Emergency landing, and he was interviewed on a news channel there on Long Island when he was doing airborne traffic. So much good bonus material. <laughs> oh, the yeah. mullet. Oh my, oh yes, my yes. Don't remind me. And, and another side note about that first episode, if you've not listened to it, we also talked with Stephen Keith at Charlie Joseph's in LaGrange, which is a legendary hot dog hamburger stand. And this week is the week. That they are celebrating oh, really? their 100th really? anniversary. Oh, we need to get down there for another I burger. No, well, something. they had a birthday celebration planned, and then COVID nineteen. Thanks, COVID. yes. So, uh, hopefully, that will be postponed and not canceled. Just like with any restaurant these days, it's been a struggle. Just keep Charlie Josephs and all the other restaurants out there in your prayers. Absolutely, I think we need to make another rundown just to go say hi and, and grab one of their yeah. find another one of those food. specials. Oh man, yes, indeed. indeed. <laughs> Now, today is a special day for the Joy FM. It is, if you're listening on the day that this releases, this is the last day of our friend raiser. Now, if you were not able to listen to this on the day that it releases and friend raiser is over, it's not too late to give and you can still do that. And we have links in the show notes for you to do that. Or it's pretty simple. Just go to thejoyfm.com and look for a button that says give now. They're all over the place. That's yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and coming up, we got to get ready because we're going to talk with Casey Motter, the PA address person for the Atlanta Braves. You need to do that with some reverb so you sound yes, like Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Casey Motter, Motter, Motter. 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 <laughs> 
With all this going on in the world today, and it just feeling so incredibly divided, how can we have unity in the body of Christ? David Holt, pastor of Living Hope in Athens, is on the latest Jewel Show podcast. We have to be really careful how much social media we look at, how much news we watch. There's so many conflicting views, and you know what? Some may trust in horses, some in chariots. I'm going to trust in the name of the Lord my God. To hear more of my conversation with David Holt, go to thejoyfm.com slash jewels or wherever you get your podcast from. So how have you been holding up in this uh, break here until we can get back to normal? I think, okay, I don't have a schedule or anything. Well, of course, I really don't really during the baseball season either. Have you been following what's been going on with Major League Baseball and the deal that the uh, owners are getting ready to propose? I've, I've saw a little bit of that. I just see it through um, – I've been seeing more of it um, through Facebook than I have anything else, you know, articles being posted on there. And we haven't gotten any emails from the Braves on all that stuff. So I know as much as anybody else does. But there's a lot that goes on with it. You know, I think youth baseball and softball is going to start up a lot quicker than that. Speaking of youth sports, that's kind of how you got your start in announcing, right? Right, right. I started, I would say it was probably 1998, 99. Basically what happened is I had a stepson named Judd Hunter. He wanted to play football. Signed him up in Peachtree City. The first game that comes about, you know, they get going, and as I grew up, that was a very important part of when I played was the PA announcer because I love my name being called out. Sometimes wrong, it would be motor, you know, and I'll go, oh, it's not motor. <laughs> and, uh, so, that, you know, and that taught me as I got, you know, to doing what I do now, I know how important it is for it to be right. So when the game started up, it was just totally silent. You can hear the referees blow a whistle. You can hear parents maybe cheer a little bit. Uh, I think at that time, you still probably could have cowbells, but I assume that kind of went away. But And you could hear the cheerleaders kind of going. But they, at the beginning of the game, they didn't introduce the players like we did. And it was just kind of quiet. So I walked up to uh, the lady and I asked her, I said, could you, I mean, is there a way you can announce the game? Do y'all have anything? I kind of was looking, you know, visually to see if I could see any kind of speakers. And I did see some. And she says, well, we don't usually have somebody this early in the morning to volunteer, but if you'd like to do it, I'll go up there and show you how to turn it on. So she turns it on, and somewhere near the second quarter, I started up, and a little bit nervous at the end of the game, she came up and said, can you do that the rest of the year for us? And still didn't realize anything there. Now, growing up from age 18, people said, can't you use your low voice thing? Or, you know, that we played around with it, you know. And so... I started doing that for the other games, even away games. They would let me get up there and do it because I sounded so neutral. It got to the end of the year, and they let me do the Super Bowls in Alpharetta, which was a you know tur- artificial turf field and really nice. And it, and they called me the voice of the Packers just in that first year, uh, which I thought was kind of neat. And then that's when I said, well, maybe this is something that I can do. And so the next year I did it. Well, I believe that year I started doing baseball, and I would just bring my own speakers. And I would announce a game, and it would just sit there and echo throughout the park and off the trees. And they, people would say, this sounds like we're at Turner Field, you know, when <laughs> you do this. And so when they said that, I thought, well, I'm going to bring me a, a, a keyboard, and I'm going to have sound effects. I would make the clapping noise like, clap, 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 you know, and I would do all kinds of cool little things adding to it. And uh, I couldn't do, really do walk-up music, but I could play music in between the innings. And so I tried to make it sound like a game at Turner Field. and Little did I know I was playing around with all that. And then, uh, gosh, but like seven years later, uh, Frank Wren heard me announcing a youth football game and said, 
Now, they'd been on the way. You know, Steve Bedrosian had heard me and said, you need to meet Harry Callis with the NFL. You know, he did Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah. Suit commercials for years. Steve Bedrosian, former Atlanta Brave. Yes. Right. right. East Catalina High School. He went to East Catalina yeah. High School as well. His son, uh, Cam, played football there in Peachtree City. And so that's why he was there. And so he came up there and he said, you need to meet Harry Callis. You could be doing this in the NFL, so, you know, announcing, he announced. And that just made me go nuts. And I would sit there at night and just think of what I needed to do to go further with it. Uh, there was a lot of comments being made before Frank Wren finally heard me, but I had no idea the job was even open or I'd have been all over it in the first place, you know, cause I grew up here in Atlanta, uh, well in Smyrna. And then so, uh, he heard me and he called me on at four o'clock in the afternoon and I'll never forget, you know, what time of the day it was where I pulled over. I pulled over cause we were always taught. I was in the termite industry as a termite inspector and I pulled over and he said, hello, Casey, this is Frank Red with the Atlanta Braves front office. How are you doing? And I went, fine. <laughs> you know, like, that's Atlanta Braves calling. <laughs> Can you imagine? I mean, you know, uh, and so he goes, well, I, I was at one of your games and uh, he mentioned a few names, and he said, that's how I got your cell phone number. And so somehow he got it, and he called me, and I was shaking. I couldn't even <laughs> hold my phone. I was shaking so bad. Just, what? <laughs> because he goes, would you be interested in being our public address announcer? And I go, well, what, what is, what's a public address announcer? I didn't even know. I always called it like the announcer or stadium right. announcer or something. I never used that word. And so he explained to me what it was. And I said, am I the guy that introduces Chipper when he comes up to bat? And he goes, Oh yeah, all the all that, and I go, and then that's when I was just like really floored, thinking, this is what my dream job would be is to be able to go, and it'd be the Braves too, you know. And I just, yeah, it was just hit me like I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't wait to pull up and tell. I, mean, I had four children at that point in time, and they're all boys, and and uh, just to pull them up and you know and tell them that. I think I walked towards him with my phone in my hand. I don't know if and I was holding it in my hand. I walked up to him. I go, you wouldn't believe who just called me. They probably thought I'd lost my mind. What the, what the, they were like, why was the Braves calling you? So, uh, and then, you know, and then it just went on, and it, and it just gets better and better each year. And my first year, I got to meet Harry Callis, and I thought, here I am. I'm sitting there meeting the guy. You know, where's Steve at now? Where, you know, and then I got to see Cameron come and pitch his first time in turn field, and I went and uh, spoke with Steve and his wife, and mm -hmm. we just thought it was just a weird – to be there and I was announcing all of a sudden so you still get nervous you get real nervous on opening day like you're so excited and uh but you know once you get kind of settled you know the next game and stuff it gets it gets to be kind of a just a fun I would call it a, a stressful fun uh I can't call it a job I if you told me to fill out an application and said listen to anybody that you work for now or used to work for I, you can't it's so hard to put that there it's going well, this is my job. You know, you just feel, <laughs> it's just so fun to go do that. So did you get the job off of that phone call or did you have to try out? Was there, was there a process? Well, yeah, that was kind of a tricky thing for me too. And, and I'm not sure. I just kind of felt like they wanted me to stop asking questions. But so Frank says that I asked him, I said, do I, now I've got kids. They're going to go to school. They want to tell their friends. They're not going to look right if I'm not. So, do I have the job? Is that what you're asking me? Because he was asking me, did I want to do it? And he says, yes, well, you've got our vote and the front office vote. So I, I said, is it safe to tell them this? And he said, yes, it's safe to tell them that. So they went to school telling their friends, they were in middle school, the older boys, 
that my dad is going to be the new Braves announcer was a term I think they probably used. And other kids are probably going, you're making that up. <laughs> He's like, no, your dad's a bug guy. <laughs> he drives a car with a mouse on the side of it. Um, <laughs> so I saw where they were having tryouts for it, and I was very confused. So I get a phone call from them. They're going, can you send a demo in? And I go, I'm confused. Frank Wren called me and said that I offered the job to me. I told him I would do it. And now you're having tryouts for it. And they, they said, yeah, that's, you know, we're going to have tryouts for it. So they, they kind of said they invited 12 professional people there is what they said in the newsletter. I'm sure I got it somewhere. And then it said, and the Braves are inviting a 13th guy that was discovered by Frank Wren that was a termite inspector. So I thought, okay, well, at least I'm invited for the trial. It's just, what's going on? I thought right. I had a job. I was kind of hurt. I was the last one to try out. And I didn't even get a script. Other guys that were there to try out had a script. And some of them had announced for the Thrashers and uh, had done voice work and stuff like that. None of them sounded like I did. I said, I'm just going to do what I did when I did the youth football. And I was very nervous. And a lot of media followed me when I went in there. They filmed me talking about how I was discovered once I got inside the control room. They wrote up a big story about me trying out and all that. And then uh, they narrowed it down to the last four, and I got called. They said, we'll let you know by Wednesday, the end of the day, Wednesday. And more, they waited till 4.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> I, could, I was just, I was just my phone, as soon as it vibrated, I was like, it was like 4.30. I looked at it, I go, oh, that's the number. You know, is that, you know what are they going to say? And then. I heard the words, the C-O-N out of the word congratulation come out of my director's mouth. <laughs> so I was so relieved. He was laughing. And I was just so relieved. I said, my, I mean, it's kind of gross, but my underarms had never sweat that much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, you know, I mean, we've, all, we've all felt our underarms get sweaty. This was bad. I mean, just yeah. where you're like going, I hope I'm okay, but something's not going right, you know. You know, and getting to you know work with Skip Carey and Pete Van Weir in there for, at the beginning, that was so neat. Because growing up, you know, when I'd go fishing, that's who we listened to. To get on the elevator and have Pete or Skip, you know, look at you and go, "Hey, Casey." <laughs> One time, I was on the elevator with just them two, and they say, "Hey," and you're like, going, "Wow," you know, and to work with Don Sutton and oh man, just be a you know legendary. And if you're at a game, you know, when it's, uh, if you're at a game, you know, live, not on television, you probably won't hear it, but um, at the end of the game, I say so long, everybody, just to always remember Skip, because that's what he used to always do. That's right, yeah. Everything I say is pretty much scripted, except maybe the words Braves fans or ladies and gentlemen, you know, that may not be on there, but last year there was one one guy, uh, it was a young guy, threw a first pitch, and when he did, he must. It looked like it was about eighty miles an hour, and it was a perfect strike. And I go, "Let's see what you got." And I went, "Wow!" Like that. And I said the word "wow," <laughs> and my my producer he says, "Casey, you finally came off script, and it was the perfect thing to do." <laughs> I think it's because that was pretty funny. Come on. What are your favorite moments uh, during a game, or or is there a favorite moment? You know, the the favorite moments I was seeing all those. You know, walk off home runs with Chipper Jones, John Smoltz, three thousand strikeout. Mm -hmm. I, you know, getting to announce all these different things, going on CNN with Robin Mead, and meeting her and doing an interview with her. Uh, that was fun. That was the, at the beginning. I'll tell you one. Let me tell you one of the funniest things that ever happened was 
you know, we do a lot of on-field presentations. And sometimes it may be somebody with a, uh, um, that's fighting cancer or somebody that's in a children's Eggleston hospital or um, children's healthcare, or like, you know, just something that we're doing. And, now, and I have to read this, you know, reads that are pretty long. And I have to read them without messing up, you know, and I got earphones on with people chattering at the same time. It's really amazing how I, I don't see how I get through all of it. And I was going along and I know when I looked over it before, when I first got it, three hours before the game started, that it didn't seem right because I saw the Roman numeral four. And, you know, and when we think of that, that's the, a capital I and a V and the V is touching the I. I and I kept seeing that. And I thought it just didn't sound right saying the word four there because um, the next word was pole. I see it coming. <laughs> you see, it I tell, usually when I tell this story, you have a few to start, they're starting to put it together. They're going, okay. So I'm going along and I forgot the girl's name, but we'll just say it Jessica. And it was Cape day where all the uh, young kids could get a Cape that had an A on it or something. And I read that thing and I got to where Jessica, um, is it, you know, it was showing her up a little screen and it was showing her, with a pole that was an IV pole. <laughs> and I sit and I sit there and I'm, I'm going, I'm just reading that thing. And, and I go, and Jessica even has her cape on her four pole. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not looking up either. Oh, no. I'm buried myself in there going, you know, into what I'm reading. So I make sure I get it right. <laughs> I get done. Maybe a couple of innings go by. And this guy that I work with named Tim from Fayetteville that had been there started about the same time I was. He looked at me and says, you know, Casey, you've came a long way since your first day because we started at the same time. And he goes, you've just gotten better and better and better at doing what you're doing. And I said, well, thank you. And he says, I mean, really? He says, you really got, are doing so much better than your first day. He said, you're not as nervous anymore. And he says, you just really, and he goes, I don't know if anybody ever tells you that here, but you really, he goes, I started at the same time. I know how hard this stuff is. I said, well, thanks, Tim. And I kind of sat down, a few pitches go by. They all wrote the number four on a white sheet of paper. And, they, and then Tim goes, Casey, I got one question to ask you. And I spin my chair around and turn around and look at him. And he goes, we all want to know this. They all held up a white sheet of paper and said the number four. And they go, and, and put the, they put P-O-L-E. They go, what's a four pole? We <laughs> 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 couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> I, I think they, we talked about that the rest of the year. That oh, was one of the fun. funniest things that ever happened. For, I mean, just tears in our eyes, just laughing so hard about it. Um, and, I, you know, and I've mm. called some players the wrong numbers. Yeah. Uh, yet last <laughs> year I called Freddie, Freddie Freedom twice. <laughs> Freedom. <laughs> and the reason why the second time happened is because they kept saying, I'm going to make you do it again. <laughs> Freddie Freedom. Instead of Freeman. Did he say anything to you about it after the game? I haven't really ever just sat and talked one on one with Freddie before. So I don't know if he knows what I do. And, you know, they're down there. We're up there. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure. If, and now I see him when I leave. We do leave and come in the same direction. But, you know, and I may see him and his family and stuff. But um, I just don't know if he knows. And I don't know if he heard. You know, if you hear. Freeman and freedom. I, you know, yeah. I just don't know if he would even notice it that much. Casey, you just mentioned uh, an app, Ballpark DJ is the, the name of the app. This is the coolest thing, and I'm sure you've had some pretty tough names to announce uh, on that as well. But it's a way for, I guess, Little League teams to have a professional announcer announce their walk-ups. Right. We had this idea, and I, you know, I feel like it was mine because I'm the one that got in touch with Chad 
because he's the one that had the vehicle and the app already kind of built for walk-up music. I said, Nick, you know, if you can add me and let's make it into a Reese's peanut butter cup and let's make it where these kids can have a real, you know, and he goes, wow, that's a great idea. And it took us a while to work on it. And then just to watch it, just keep snowballing. Um, you know, and I've gotten a, we were in, we got super voice. Now we've got some different things that to add to it. Cause you can say next up to bat, you know, for the Braves, get your popcorn ready. It's the second baseman number two. You know, if you want to make, you can do all kinds of stuff. They contact you and give you a list of stuff to say, and the app does the work. I think that's the way it works. Give us kind of the bullet points of, of how ballpark. DJ okay, works. if you're um, if you're a coach or a customer and you want to, um, you can order anything. You can order a birthday, drive by celebration, just whatever you want um, the person to say. You know, we have six announcers. Of course, uh, we're you know still praying for. Ryan Cameron, who went through having some problems with sepsis. And as a coach or a customer, you were going, if you got 10 players, you record the player's pronunciation. So you do that, and then you, you can tell it what you want. You can say, do you want it to say now batting? You just want it to say the player's jersey number and name, you know, number 12, you know, Jason Smith. Or do you want it to say now batting? Or do you want it to say now batting for the Braves and add the team name? Mm-hmm. So you, and you, you hit that format, it's going to do it for all of them. Now this is the basic service. Now we got Super Voice, where you can do anything. You can go batting second, number twelve, or you can just switch everything up because it's all pre-recorded things. The only thing that's not pre-recorded is the player's number and name, and maybe the team name. And music is mixed in there right. too. You right? have to have if you're a customer, uh, Benji. You have to have Apple Music. Um, it works a little bit well on, on the Android side, but it's still it's kind of it's not as good. The app comes with actually 20 different songs or just music things without lyrics. Or it may say, let's go or something like that. If you've ordered a team and you want, you want us to put the music together and edit it for you, just because you don't have time to fool with it. Not everybody gets excited about it as much as we do. And, and you want uh, Crazy Train to start up at a certain spot and play you know, a certain length. Um, you can always just hit stop and it fades out anyways. If you want all that and you want us to pick you some cool songs and, and put some stuff together, we can do that for you. And uh, it'll cost a little bit more, but not that much more. There's probably not a chance you could go to any ballpark in the United States and not hear me announcing for some team somewhere. Wow. And that's a neat <laughs> that thing. That is cool. So yeah. We don't do it for the money because, uh, you know, $2.99, you know, if we wanted, uh, you know, Morgan Freeman or somebody to do that, I don't know if we could ever get something like that. Now that'd be something, Morgan Freeman announcing a baseball team. That would be cool. <laughs> It'd take a game a lot longer to get finished with Morgan announcing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just to you know, we have people that do that. They they really don't understand. They'll go, "Can you get this announcer to do it?" And I'll do it. You know, and we're like, "No, it's a lot of you know work to set up an announcer." And I do all of my recordings in my garage. And uh, I think I sh- I sent you that article. Um, about me making that Forbes thing. Or the, yeah. Going off. yeah, we've seen that. There yeah. has been some teams around the, you know, other parts of the world that have ordered it and stuff. And so that's why he kind of said went global with it. But um, he was actually the one that did the article of me winning and trying out. This is the same guy, Ray Lear. And, um, and so he, he just happened to stop and ask me how the pest control industry was. <laughs> and he went kidding. He thought I still did that. Yeah, <laughs> and I, so I told him about, it and I showed him the phone, and he goes, "Oh my gosh, I got to write about this." He goes, "This is such a good idea, and it's just going to keep growing." 
I was reading yesterday, there was a, a big survey done of like 10,000 people in America and 25% of people in the United States, and this is a great thing, say that their faith has increased through all of this. I don't know where you're at with, with your faith uh, during this time, Casey, but can you comment on that? Yeah, I can comment on that. I've, I feel like my purpose um, and what God wants me to do is continue. The, when I see that he opens doors or and, you know huge blessings come out is when I go and do what I originally started doing in the first place, and that was trying to build confidence in kids at a young age, hear their name called out correctly. Because, I mean, if you, you know, when, when it's your time to come to the bat or if you've made that tackle, you may only make one tackle in a game. And somebody goes, that tackle was made by Jeffrey Smith. But to, to make that difference for them, they may not remember my name, but just because I know what it meant to me. And so if I focus on that and it's like there's no way it can go the wrong direction or I'm going the wrong direction. You know, he's given us the capability and technology to take my voice everywhere you want to, whoever you know may want it. And it's just, you know, spreading. And it just, and it keeps going. And, you know, before I could only announce, you know, one baseball game, two teams. And then now that I think about it, it makes me feel good to know that there's, you know, maybe 10,000 teams at one time that are using it. Somebody's doing something because it's kind of, the orders are coming in. Well, we'll put a link to that Forbes article in the show notes of the podcast and to Ballpark DJ, where you can find out about the app. And, you know, if you've got a, a team that needs a professional announcer, Casey can handle it. And they can, they can choose a lot of different announcers on the app, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yep. We have other announcers, uh, the Cubs, we've got uh, the Mets. Now the Mets kind of split, split the duties a little bit, you know, Colin Cosell, uh, which is Colin Cosell's grandson. Yes. Is, uh, is, does about half of them. And then Marisol Castro does the other half. Um, Wonderful lady. Um, um, she's just a hoot, but, uh, so you have, um, the angels announcer, um, you have Greg Khalil, uh, he's the Tampa Bay Rays, um, angels, um, uh, Michael Araujo. He says his name much better than we can cause he can roll his R's. <laughs> I can sometimes. Um, <laughs> uh, and then of course, Ryan Cameron. Throughout all of this time, Casey, you know, you still seem like you've, you, you, you're rooted and you haven't changed because of the success of you being the Braves announcer or doing this ballpark DJ thing. I don't feel like it's changed me at all. I'm just still the same old person. <laughs> and, you know, when you're up there, when you're working up there, we're all the same. With what I do, if I want to create some kind of fun, if I get bored, I, I will do some kind of weird something at the grocery store checkout line. <laughs> to make you know, I can imagine that. You know, just to make <laughs> well, it makes me, that same reaction you just had is this reaction that customers that are paying for their stuff or behind me. You know, I know we're six feet away now, but <laughs> right. But uh, when it was before, you know, they would just try out like, like I, I may just get you know tonight's Georgia lottery, Mega Megas jackpot amount, you know, and just, <laughs> just just bust out into something, you know, right. uh, and, uh, and I'll do that. And you'll just see their heads turn. I go like, what the world? <laughs> and it, you know, so if you get bored, you can always grab attention if you want to, but I don't even say what I do. I just do that. Right. And, uh, 
And just so, to put a smile on somebody's face, that's probably yeah, you know, and I'll do yeah. that, but I don't do that all the time. You know, it's a lot of, <laughs> you know, a lot of times if you're you you, you don't want to be in a hurry because you're gonna have somebody come up and go can can I get a picture made with you? What does he right. do? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, we appreciate your time, and, and yes. it's been great getting to know a little bit more about yeah, your story. Right. That was really fun. I'm glad y'all invited me. What a fascinating story, huh? Yes. You know, yeah. just pulled out from out of nowhere, and he is now the PA announcer for the Atlanta Braves. It, it so that that part of his story where he's talking about when he first got the call, now um, my kids are going to tell people at school tomorrow, how sure a thing is this? And his kids' friends, your dad drives a car with a bug on the side of it. What are you talking <laughs> right, about? He's, right. he's the announcer for the Braves because he was in the extermination business. Yeah, right. Yeah. And you know, we have had stories before that when we come to this part of the podcast and, and we give you our thoughts, we've had stories of, of people finding their calling. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Casey's is surely one of those. And when we went into your office and you talked about Sheila, yeah. you know, Sheila certainly found her calling uh, working here, too. But instead of talking about that, I want to talk about another aspect of both of the stories that we just heard with Casey, he was talking about how with Ballpark DJ, he has the opportunity now to use what God's given him to help so many other teams, to make them sound big, to make yeah. them sound yeah. like big leagues. Little League sounds like big league now with what Casey is doing using technology. And with Jerry and what he plans to do with all of those uh, cassette tapes of your dad's <laughs> yeah. sermons over the years, maybe having a new podcast uh, at some point in the near future and feature some of those lessons that were learned from your dad over the years and using technology again for good. And I feel like that is something that our world needs to really take a hard look at using technology for good these days, especially social media. Yes. This is such a divisive time in our world's history right now, and especially in the United States. We've got things going on in our world that are not pretty subjects. And I feel like we have an opportunity as Christ followers to really put on display where our hope is and it is in Christ. Too many people may be using, and I'm not going to get on a soapbox here, but I mean, we all know it. If you've ever, if you've been on social media in the last two or three weeks or, or this entire year, it's not just with the uh, issue of race and how we're dealing with that and how we are dealing with as a society, uh, incidents of police brutality, but it's also, you know, whether or not we should be opening up our society in full for Mm. the, you know, with the pandemic still underway, you know, there's so much division that uh, exists. And I think that the one thing, and and I was just on Jerry's podcast, um, Life with Jerry Williams, in a recent episode that you can check out, I alluded to something that I shared on social media. And I try to do this, and this is not to say that I'm, that I have mastered social media (laughs) by any means, but I at least try to shed some light on the truth and to point to Jesus in these times 
that. We need to hear that. Yes. You know? Yeah. I posted this, and it just seems like something that we all need to look at. We all, as a society, need to take a look at ourselves. And it says in God's Word, in Psalm 139, 23 and 24, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Mm, yes. I've done some searching over the last several weeks, and it's not that I'm finding, you know, all of this ugly. We all think we're, you know, pretty good people, I guess. But, mm. you know, there are some things that maybe I've looked at things a little differently than I should have. And I'm finding that, you know, maybe I have some work to do. I think if we all look at ourselves, we'll find that we've got some work to do. We're all works in progress. So all that to say, use what you have. If you have access to social media, point people to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Because if there is any real answer, solid answer to all of the world's ills, Jesus is the mm, answer. Right. I mean, it's cliche. Jesus is the answer, but it is. It's true. You know? I guess I did get on a soapbox. Yeah, you did. <laughs> and that's quite okay. I mean, you touched upon something that I've been talking about, you know, mm-hmm. using social media for good and, and lifting others up. I mean, one verse that I always look at is Ephesians 4.29, when we're called to lift one another up. And, um, you know, it's so important. I think we need to be doing that. You know, looking at our differences, but remembering, you know what? We're all God's children. Mm. We're all the same. And we need to help each other out. You got the right idea there, my friend, uh, with that, you know, and and the use of social media and technology today. I I think it's crucial, though, when we do that, we do it in the spirit of love. Mm -hmm. And we do it remembering kindness, not from a preachy way, not from a bullying way. Because I've seen a lot of Christians do that, post stuff online that is like, hitting you over the head with a sledgehammer and you got to wonder what they think the response to that is going to be. And as long as we're sharing scripture verses, I I posted something not too long ago from Micah chapter six, I believe it's verse eight where Micah is talking about how God is calling Israel on the carpet and the response is, well, what does God require of us? Do I need to sacrifice things? Do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? And Micah says, he's told you what's required of you. Do justice, mm-hmm. love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. Mm, yes. Those three things is what's necessary to please God. Do justice. Not just root for justice, but go out and do justice. Love kindness. You've got to do it in a kind way. Jesus' kindness is what attracts us to him. And walk humbly with your God, knowing that you're there out of his grace, not out of anything that you've done. Right. And so I think we keep that in mind as we're sharing different things on social media. Always do it from a, a servant's perspective. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. Now, do cat memes fall in under that category? No. Yeah. <laughs> cat memes. <laughs> it's guy. always good to put a smile on people's faces, too, you know. <laughs> Whatever works, brother. Oh. Whatever works. Well, our next episode is coming up on July 2nd. I was about to say it's already July 2nd, but it feels like it's taken 10 years to get <laughs> to July 2nd. We're only halfway through with 2020. <laughs> Man, we're going to get over the hump here. All right. But uh, July 2nd is our next episode. And 
man, I'm excited. We are scheduled to talk with a friend of mine and a former pastor of mine. He's a former pastor of my church, Dr. Lamar Hardwick. And uh, we're going to find out why he is known as the autism pastor. Mm. Okay, so that's that's a little uh, radio tease for you yeah. there. He's, <laughs> he's got a very fascinating story, and uh, we're going to get down to it. So if you would right now, before we're over, or I guess once we're over, just hit that little subscribe button where mm-hmm. you're listening. That way you will not miss that episode or any future episodes. So show up right there in your queue, depending on where you're listening. And you can find us on Apple and Google Play and everywhere else that you find fine podcasts, mm-hmm. including thejoyfm.com. If you subscribe on any of those platforms, just do us a favor. Give us a five-star rating because that kind of helps more people find us on those various platforms. Yeah, we'd love your reviews too, positive reviews. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if there's any negative stuff, do us the courtesy <laughs> yes. of shooting us an email so that we can respond to your concern or question. Or if you've got ideas for future episodes, we'd love to hear from you at findingjoypodcast at thejoyfm.com. You can also find us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and we've got links to all of those at our website. And don't forget about the bonus material too. There right. will be yeah, bonus on the website material. Too. And I'm going to have to include, because I had Casey do something special for me. If you've ever gone to a Braves game... And when he's introducing the opposing team. <laughs> so I had him do something for me because I'm a diehard New York Mets fan. So we'll put that up in the bonus Can't material as well. That. Can't wait to hear that. All of that stuff is in the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to the Finding Joy podcast today. Again, next time, July the 2nd, Dr. Lamar Hardwick, the autism pastor will be our very special guest. For Benji and Rob, I'm Jerry Williams. Thanks so much for allowing us to be part of your day with the Finding Joy podcast.